0: Visiting us today, a very warm welcome. We are in the middle of a series looking at the book of James in the New Testament. James, the brother of Jesus, who we are discovering is the no nonsense, how very dare you writer in the New Testament, saying all sorts of things that prod our hearts. Uh, and he's quite sharp. So uh, we're going to read another episode today. Let's see what he's got. To say to us, let's see what God's got to say to us today. We're going to be reading from James chapter 4, if you're following. It'll come up on the screen, James chapter 4, and starting at verse 13. There we go. Look here. You who say, today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town, and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. I grew up in a village of about 600 or so people in the southwest of Devon, and I was taken from this high along to the village congregational church, which was uh, filled with people who had a very real and a very simple faith. They were great people. And among them was my wonderful godly gran, who lived to be nearly 100. Great example to me, and they must have read this passage from James because my grand speech for sure was constantly peppered with the phrase, God willing. Everything that she did, well, God willing, and then she expanded further. She had this other great phrase, very poignant, well, if I'm spared, she used to say to me, (laughs) if I'm spared. And it really made an impression on me. And I don't want you to think that I'm mocking or judging her. Actually, that came out of a deep sense of her dependence on God. But I do think that James is really not primarily concerned with our conversation here. James is concerned with our hearts. It's not about adjusting what we say. It's actually about adjusting our hearts, this passage. And we know that from the overflow of our hearts, that's what comes out in our mouths. So it's our hearts that James wants to address. And essentially, this passage is a call to us to turn away from our illusions and to turn to reality. It's a call to turn away from pride and arrogance towards humility. And it's a call to recognize the truth that we've been singing only this morning, that every breath our very next breath comes from God comes from God and that God keeps everything going just by the word of his say so it's a call to nothing less than a perspective on life that comes from God and not from us and you know seeing our lives in their true perspective is really, really important. Seeing the bigger picture is really, really important because we can so easily focus on the small picture and kid ourselves what's really going on. We can focus on the small picture and live under an illusion. Let me try and illustrate what I mean here with a a picture. Some of you will know this very well. No shouting out. But take a look at this. So here's a picture from 1932 of some guys having a working lunch. Looks good, doesn't it? It's great. That's the small picture. The thing is, the bigger picture is this. These guys are having lunch on an iron girder 840 feet. That's 260 meters for the young among you, above the streets of Manhattan while they take a break from building the Rockefeller Center. Now, I don't know about you, the first one to me looks something I'd quite like to be part of. Cheerful lunchtime party. This one? You must be kidding. I'm petrified of heights. I don't want to be anywhere near that. That's the bigger picture. That's what's really going on. You see, appearances, if our focus is not right, can be deceptive. We can get completely the wrong end of the stick. ...if we're just looking at the small picture. So how can this Bible passage help us get a God perspective on life? To help us to see the whole picture? Well, I'm going to talk about three things this morning. Number one is, don't be a fool. Number two is, build on reality. And the third one, the good news is the freedom of surrender. Don't be a fool, build on reality and the freedom of surrender okay let's press on don't be a fool nobody likes to be a fool do they no one likes to feel a fool some of us have the the benefit the blessing of actually having to get used to it more than others so it gets easier but nobody likes being a fool you know we can fool ourselves the bible says into thinking that god doesn't exist when everything around us the earth the world the universe everything around us is telling us that he does We can fool ourselves, the Bible says, into thinking that we're okay. Maybe even that we are worth it, like the adverts constantly tell us. When probably inside there's a lot that tells us that we aren't. We can fool ourselves that we are in control of our own lives. I am the master of my fate. We can fool ourselves that we can be what we want to be. Carve out our own destiny. When the harsh reality is for billions of people on this planet is there are very few, if any, life choices. And as for being in control, who are we kidding? James as ever, zeroes in on reality. Look here, he says to us, you who say, today and tomorrow I'm going to do this, next year I'll be doing that, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? You know, it reminds me of a story that Jesus told, a parable, a story with a meaning about a rich farmer and this farmer was doing really well for himself in fact he was he was getting richer and richer and he's trying to work out how is he going to cope with this he makes a plan I'm going to build bigger barns I'm going to fill them up I'm going to take time out I'm going to relax I'm going to enjoy all that I've got God is not in his plans but the thing about it is this you you can't delete God from the equation You can't take him out of his world. The man had made his plans. They were great. God butted in. This is how he butted in. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life would be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? Don't be a fool. We can have moments of clarity, moments of reality, and then we forget. I don't know if you've ever experienced a life-threatening moment, something that that could really change the course of everything in your life. Many years ago, I was in a car with some friends of mine, being driven by a friend, I was in the passenger seat, I fell asleep, head against the window. We were going up a motorway from Manchester. We were in the outside overtaking lane. And uh, I just dropped off, as I tend to do in cars, And suddenly, I woke up because I felt the car do something weird, and I heard Benny say something I'm not going to repeat, but something was going on. And as I opened my eyes, right in front of me, about a foot away from me, I saw two bonnets smacked together, a car coming this way, and a car coming the way we were going. And we were on. We were gone. What I'd seen was someone who'd come through roadworks ended up on the wrong side of the motorway, And I saw him hit the car behind us, which then hit the car behind that, and the car behind that, and the car behind that. And we were at the only place, I've been back since, in that motorway where there's just enough room to get a car through between the overtaking lane and the barrier, and we were through and gone. Do you know my Bible reading that morning morning, was Paul's account of God saying, you're going to be in a shipwreck and you're all going to come out safe. I had a real sense that God had kept me in that moment, that God's hand had preserved me. And i tell you this, the next morning I woke up full of thanksgiving. The next morning I woke up, thank you God I'm alive. Aren't the trees wonderful, aren't the birds singing sweetly? And the next morning I woke up and it probably wasn't quite so good. And you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Over time I forgot. I thought I would never forget, but I forgot. And the daily stuff of life just crept in. I would had my moment of reality, but the daily stuff of life just crept in again on me. Life can change in a heartbeat. Whatever you think you've got, money, fame, looks, health, career, friends, it can all just change in a heartbeat. Now, that's not being miserable, friends. That's just being honest. That's the truth. And, you know, we live in a world that looks solid, where everything looks solid as a rock, and it's actually fragile. And God wants you and me to know this morning that the only solid foundation in the world is Him. It's Him. You know, Psalm 45 says this: is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea when my world starts to fall apart god is my refuge and my strength we can each say that this morning so instead of being foolish instead of believing the illusion of what seems to be the case around us we need to build on reality in verse 14 James again tells us like it really is you he says your life is like the morning fog it's here a little while and then it's gone sobering words let's turn to the psalmist uh, to David writing in Psalm 103 for a bit of a more expansive statement on that this is what David wrote in the Psalms our days on earth are like grass like wild flowers, we bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone as though we'd never been here. But, see God butting in on our world again. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to children's children. You see, our lives, each one of our lives, is like a morning fog, a mist. But the good news is this we are a mist that God loves we are a fog that God has put his love on in the big picture with the grand perspective my life will just come and go one of billions of others on this planet earth throughout history but the wonderful thing the Bible tells us is that the eternal God who has no beginning and no end knew me personally before I was formed, formed me in my mother's womb and wants me to be with him for eternity. He places such value on me, this mist, this morning fog, he places such value on me, he gave his only dear son for my sake. What is my life? Well, it's a Bible-based, honest self-awareness that rescues me from my illusions. Seeing my life in the big picture humbles me and gives me true perspective and something to build on and seeing that God has put such value on a mist like me causes my heart to worship. It's even even more wonderful, isn't it, that He should care about me and you and He does. You know the Bible never tells us what to feel it doesn't tell us to feel thankful that's good news difficult what it tells us is to be thankful you know going back to my near car crash experience when I stopped feeling thankful I stopped being thankful but you know God wants us to get it the other way around you know he wants us to be thankful and I'm getting better these days at remembering to be thankful this is the day that God has kept me for. You are here today because God has kept you for this day. And he's kept you for this day for purpose. Even if it's a mundane, boring day. Even if it's filled with my boring job, my routine work, feeding the kids, changing nappies, filing stuff, you name it. Every day we have opportunities to be faithful to the God who's been faithful to us. Every day we have opportunities to worship God in the mundane and the small. Do I wake up and see every day as a new gift from God? Well, it may take a coffee or two, but that's where we're heading. Because thanksgiving, thankfulness reminds us that we depend on God. You only say thank you when you're receiving something from someone else. Do you see what I'm saying? When I say thank you to God, it reminds me I'm actually getting it from Him. Thank you, God, for my home, for comfort, for sleep, for rest, for my daily food, for friends, for family, for church, for my job, the power to make wealth, for helping me, sustaining me. Thanksgiving reminds us we depend on God. So let's encourage each other to be thankful. The other thing I learned over the years was this, that actually God's promises have a role. In actually keeping me humble and depending on Him. When we were uh, in our story of moving here, which some of you will know, which took about four years from beginning to end, it was a roller coaster in our life a roller coaster of ups and downs, of excitement, of disappointments, of things happening, of nothing happening, of busyness and waiting. And you know, I felt God gave me just a little prophetic mantra for want of a better word that I used to keep speaking out to others and to myself and it was this when things were up and down when I felt like a cork on the waves this is what I used to say my life is not at the whim of the forces of this world my life is being shaped by the all-powerful all-loving hand of my Heavenly Father do you know I love that? I just love, just saying it again, I just love to speak that to myself. I love to speak it over you. Do you know that? Your life is not at the whim of the forces of this world. Your life is in the hands of a loving, -loving, all-loving, all-powerful heavenly Father. He's shaping each one of us. That helps me keep perspective. Oh, didn't go like I thought? Doesn't matter. My life's not tossed around by the forces of this world. This is my Father shaping me. It gives me perspective. It helps me build on reality. So let's be people who build on reality by practicing thanksgiving and reminding each other of God's promises. Because accepting reality isn't miserable. It's actually freeing. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, Teach us to realize the brevity of life. Why? So that we can go around with a long face? No. No. So that we may grow in wisdom that we grow in wisdom of how to live. Which brings me to my final point. The freedom of surrender. The freedom of surrender. You know, if we truly are dependent on God, if we truly are trusting Him, if we have an attitude where we can say what James tells us we should be able to say, it's because we've said to God, it's up to you it's not up to me it's up to you what James says in verse 15 is this what you ought to say this is what you ought to be able to say is if the Lord wants us to we will do this and we will do that otherwise you're boasting in your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you've had to hand over maybe a job or a responsibility uh, or something to someone else because you're moving on or changing role or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I've done that a few times in different contexts. And I have to say, it can be a great relief, can't it, when you finally, finally hand it over and you walk away and there's a spring in your step. That's it. I'm free. If it all goes wrong, they're not going to ring me. They're going to ring him or her. Having said that, you can also be concerned, can't you, once you've handed something over. If it's something that you feel passionately about, you think, well, are they going to do a good job? Are they going to mess it up? Are they going to do it right? Which, of course, is the way I would do it. You know, there's nothing better than handing over responsibility to someone that you think is capable and trustworthy that gives you confidence doesn't it well now imagine this imagine you were handing over to a person who is all-powerful totally capable imagine you were handing over to a person who is all-loving totally trustworthy then we get some idea of the freedom of handing over our lives to God He's all-loving. There's no darkness in Him. He's all-powerful. He's capable. There's a freedom, you know, from anxiety, a freedom from pressure that that brings on our lives. But please know, I'm not talking about some sort of fatalism. I'm giving it all over to you, God. You know, it's que Sarah Sarah. I'm giving up and handing over because that's not what the Bible speaks of. The Bible speaks about a healthy relationship with God, our Father, who wants us to be His children and wants us to grow up into Him, not to be robots, not to be forever just doing as we're told. I'm talking about an approach which recognizes the things that we take responsibility for and the things that He takes responsibility for, my part and His part. You know, there's great freedom when we get that right great freedom. It's my job to believe. It's his job to save me. It's my job to follow. It's his job to lead me. It's my job to share what God has done for me. It's his job to open other people's eyes and to save them. It's my job to pray for the sick. It's his job to heal them. It's my job to work. It's his job to prosper my work it's my job to be generous and give it's his job to provide for me do you get what i'm saying jude 1 21 little book interesting little verse says this fascinates me this so he says keep yourself in the love of god interesting isn't it keep yourself in the love of god you see i think That's another one of these. God has done all he can to demonstrate his love to you. He has given his only son in the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. He can't do any more. That's his job. My job is to keep myself in the love of God. As we were worshiping this morning, we're keeping ourselves in the love of God, focusing on him, fixing our eyes on him. That's our job, folks. It's our job. We need to keep ourselves in the love of God and enjoy it as we were this morning, more and more. That's not, a, that's not an indulgence. It's a necessity for us. Keep ourselves in the love of God. I don't know if you're like me, but I noticed in myself over the years that uh, there are times in my working life where I, I become uh, really more interested in the problems that somebody else is having in their job and what they're doing in their job than I am in mine and that usually is because that whatever I'm supposed to do in mine I don't really want to do I don't fancy it so I'll I'll fill my time up with helping somebody else out because that's a good thing to do isn't it nice to help somebody else out you know I can do the same with God I can do the same with God I can actually try and help him out in the things he's struggling with day to day, you know, uh, and, and kind of leave my stuff. Because, I mean, some of that's quite difficult, isn't it, really? Like addressing my issues and uh, actually changing my mind to match up with him and uh, persevering where it's difficult. You know, doing what God's never asked us to do is hard work and doesn't really work very well. Trying to run the world, if you haven't tried it, let me assure you, trying to run the world is exhausting and fruitless. To be honest, trying to run my world is exhausting and fruitless. I can't even do that. God has the whole world in His hands. He's fully capable. Running the world, running my world is His job and he's fully trustworthy to do it so it makes sense and actually it's really freeing isn't it when we hand over to God what belongs to him and just concentrate on what we have to do you know there's a lovely song we used to sing years ago based on Psalm 84 how lovely is your dwelling place very well known psalm but there's this one line in there that's always stuck with me it says this I would rather be a doorkeeper in your house Than to take my fate upon myself. Lovely way of expressing it, isn't it? I'd rather be a doorman where God is than to take my fate, to take my life into my own hands. I love that. I love that. I'm glad I don't have to come up with a plan, in a sense, for my life. I don't need a better plan. I need a better person. And that person is Jesus. He's the plan for my life. When I have a wrong understanding of myself and how my life fits into the big picture, how do I come across? Arrogant, presumptuous, pretentious. Any other big words you can think of that sound like that. Humility is recognizing the truth of my dependence on God and then trusting him. The Bible tells us that we should humble ourselves that God may exalt us. Again, let me, can I share the benefit of experience? I really always have found it's better to humble myself than to let God do it. Because he does humble us, and it's always better, really, if you do it yourself. It gets worse if other people have to do it. We humble ourselves that God may exalt us. And when he does, let's not forget who brought us to where we are. Now, you may be here this morning, perhaps you, you've never given your life over to God. You may, you may think, along with many people in our world, that you need to be free to be yourself. It's, it's one of the mantras of our age, isn't it? I've got to be free to be myself. And actually, that to be myself, I've just got to remove every constraint, everything that would stop me. One of the so-called prophets of our time Here we go. Sorry. There we go. Listen, she may be a great artist, but she's not great at the truth. She said this, don't ever let a soul in the world tell you, you can't be exactly who you are. Tosh. That's rubbish. You see, the irony is, to be truly yourself, you need to know who you are. And I think most of us don't really know who we are. And how can we find out? Well, the way we can find out who we really are is to find the one that knew you before you were born. Amen. To find the one that formed you in your mother's womb. He knows who you are. To find the one who is dedicated to your well-being and to your flourishing. You see, you, can be, you can't be whatever you want to be But you can be whatever God says you can be. With God's help, you can be, you can fulfill your potential. Jesus, the perfect man, was able to be true to himself right the way through his life. Read the the Gospels. Whether he's under pressure, whether it was good times, bad times, whether there was opposition, even as he faced death, Jesus was able to be himself. How? Because he knew who he was. How did he know who he was? Because he was connected to his Father in heaven. And he trusted his Father was all-powerful and all-good. And that he would not let his body see decay. Even as he went through the cross, he trusted his Father to save him. The perfect man. I want to encourage you this morning. If you are here and you have never given over your life to God... You know, it's the best thing you could ever do. He is the one. If you humble yourself and give yourself to Him, He truly loves you, truly cares about you, truly knows who you are, that's who He is. That's God. And we'll have an opportunity in a moment as we close. Why do we need to be in reality? Well because that we may be wise teach us the brevity of our lives so that we know wisdom handing over our lives to God sets us free to give our lives away to his purpose if we call ourselves followers of Jesus this morning Christians how does that work out in our planning and our plans in our plans for home in our plans for our work in our plans for well, life really does it mean We don't make any plans because that's all God's. No, no, no. Of course it doesn't mean that. God gave us a brain. He gave us an ability to make plans. We should use it. We're not sitting like battery hens waiting for God to sort of provide everything we need. God wants us to fly, not be caged up. He wants to set us free. Nor is it about us bringing our plans to God for his rubber stamp like some committee or other. This is where our attitude comes into it. It's about our hearts. It's about how we think about our plans and how we hold them. You know, if you read through the New Testament, the Apostle Paul made lots of plans. But the way he made plans was something like this. He made plans and then trusted God to open and close doors. He said he was going to do some things which he couldn't do in the end. He made a plan to do this, but God ended up taking him somewhere else. See, Paul made plans and held them out before God, open-handed, allowing God to, to shift and to change them. He was trusting in God. It's a great example. We can do that as individuals. We're doing it right now as a church. We've heard God about starting a site in the north of Winchester, and we are moving ahead with it. We're going forward, but we're going forward like that. We're saying, God, open the door. Open the door for how this works out. God, guide us and lead us. We're looking. There are our plans. We're looking for his plan. And it's the same in our lives too. You know, Jesus is described in the Bible like this. He's the one, when he opens a door, nobody can shut it. And when he shuts a door, nobody can open it. I find that so reassuring. (laughs) That's security, isn't it? Yeah, I'm trusting in the one who, I tell you what, if he opens the door, there's no way that's not going to happen. And if He closes the door, then that's clear and we move on in a different direction. When things don't work out as we expect, we just need to take it to God and get over it. He obviously has another plan. We need to bring everything, our plans to God and hold them lightly in His presence. So this morning, where do we go with this? You know, we have our illusions don't we? It's very easy to be caught up in the day-to-day and to not realize actually that our life is going by, that we have a calling and a destiny that God wants us to fulfill. And maybe we need to get hold of it and get started on it. We have a call to build our life on reality, the truth of who we really are and who we are in God. And God is calling us all, I believe this morning, to live lives of surrender to give up our lives into his wonderful, safe hands. I want to just uh, ask the tech team if they'll put on a video for me in a moment. It's a worship song, which is a song of response. And you may know it, you may not know it. Um, And I just want to say, use this song however you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you. You may want to join in. You may want to stand and worship if you know it. You may just want to sit But I'm just going to ask right now, Holy Spirit, will you just move across us here this morning? May our hearts be open to what you have to say. Just come and touch each life here, I pray, right from the top, Lord, right down to the bottom. And let our hearts be responsive to what you have to say to us. So we're going to use this song, and then at the end I'm just going to lead us... In some prayer thanks let's take the opportunity to do some letting go shall we we all carry things God doesn't want us to be carrying you know I don't know if there's anyone here this morning who's never handed their lives over to God but if you are here this morning and that's you even if there's only one person here I just want to give you the opportunity to do the best thing you can do with your life So I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. And if that's uh, you, just say that in your own heart. And please come and see me after. Father God, I want to surrender my life to you today. I'm sorry, Lord, that, that I haven't realized you were there. I haven't lived as if you were there. I've done quite the opposite. And I ask you to forgive me for the way I've lived. I want to receive your forgiveness in Jesus this morning. Thank you that his blood makes me clean, restores me to you. And this morning, I hand my life over to you. And I say, take my life, Lord. I want to let go of who I was. And I want to become who you want me to be. Jesus name Amen Now you may have given your life to God a long time ago but you know I think we often pick up things that we should have let go and pick them up again and so I just want to give opportunity this morning I believe there are perhaps a number of us here who need to let go of things you know the old has gone the new has come we can let go of it it's gone and so I just uh, want to invite you now to surrender afresh to the one who loves you. Uh, maybe it's a situation you're in that you kind of have taken on yourself. Maybe it's something in the future that you're facing or that you need to deal with. I just want to encourage you this morning, hand it over to him. Hand it over to him. Whatever it is, whatever is on your heart this morning, Let it go to the one who can bear it. Let there be freedom in this place. So if that's you, just just join me in your heart as I lead us in prayer. Father God, you are the one I depend on. This very breath in my body, you have given me. Father, please forgive me where I try and take on to myself things I can never do. Father, f- forgive me. And just now, I want to hand back to you, Lord, the things that I have taken on responsibility for that really don't belong to me. I hand you back, Lord, this situation. I hand you back, Lord, the uh, the, the plans. I hand you back whatever it is right now. I say, Father, Will you come now by your spirit and take weight? Lift weights now in Jesus' name from people's hearts. Come and lift anxieties, Lord, from people's hearts here right now this morning. Come and lift fears, I pray, Lord. Let your love banish fears. Come, Lord, take weight. Let your people walk light, free. We declare, Lord, you you have our lives. You're in charge. It's what you want. And we trust you, Lord. Lord, we give ourselves afresh to you this morning. And we thank you so much. It's all because of Jesus. And we rejoice today, Lord, that our lives are found in you. Hallelujah. It's in you. Thank you, in Jesus' name.